This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined in the studio by Adrian McMurray and Don Brock for the final round of NRL Fantasy Chit Chat for the year. Um, gentlemen, welcome. Did we have any joy on the weekend? No, not at all. It was. Uh, I think I lost the the draft plate prelim, so it's really dire straits in terms of fantasy for me at the moment. Uh, yeah, I had an okay week. Uh, overall, still looking pretty good. Um, could be better. You know, still don't know who to pick as captain and everything this week, but mm. we'll sort it out. Not a bit of a shocker. I got knocked out of a few um, prelims and/or GFs with a couple of Dylan Edwards and Cam King hurt me, and also lost our work draft comp to Corey Rosser over in NZ who piled on a boomer against me. So we're all having a few struggles. <laughs> the latest in league. Um, we'll delve into some uh, some team lists to, to get their own off because obviously a lot of people, uh, you know, there's a few leagues who've changed their default settings, got grand finals this week, plus everyone who's still chasing overall has one final week to, uh, to state their claim. So we'll go through some team changes starting off with the Cowboys up against the Broncos. I believe the Cowboys are unchanged. Broncos have a few, the main one being uh, Corbin Sims out with that broken forearm. Um, ben Hunt starting at hooker, Sam Thiday starting at prop with a few other uh, minor changes. Yeah, this time last week we thought this game was gonna be a very one-sided you know, Brisbane win, yeah. um, going off recent form. But you know, this week after the Cowboys went down to Sydney and beat the Tigers and the Broncos got smashed at home by Parramatta, suddenly it looks a lot Closer than we thought it was going to be. Um, and now with Sims out, a bit of a reshuffle in the pack. Um, yeah, a few question marks about Brisbane all of a sudden. I'm still thinking a Broncos win, but... Yeah, I've actually tipped the Cowboys in a bit of an yeah. upset. I think Corbin's a big out. They did look a little bit fragile uh, in terms of their defence last week. Adrian, how do you see it? Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think Brisbane will still be too good, um, although the Cowboys did very well and uh, those combinations really started to come off um, You know when they started to get their troops back. Obviously last week against the Tigers, Coote and um, also Granville pulling the strings um, along with Michael Morgan. Um, from a fantasy point of view, in terms of the Broncos, I think Josh McGuire is probably going to step up this week and uh, you know get through a heap of work, um, especially with a few, few guys coming in that are probably going to have to play a, a bit more game time than usual. Um, and the Cowboys, just business as usual, with Tao Malolo pumping out another good score last week. Yeah, putting the, the captaincy armband on Tao Malolo is about the only thing I did right, I think, <laughs> last week. Uh, ben Hunt potentially playing 80. Do we think he could be a left-field option? or? Yeah, I don't know if he will play 80, even though he's starting. So they've got Benji Marshall on the bench now. They could do some kind of reshuffle with him or Nick Arima maybe spending some time at hooker. I don't know. Or one of the other forwards. Um, you know, Sam Thaday's still there. They can move him around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's down to a one-off week now. So it's like, you know, match day Thursdays where anything can happen. So, you know, attacking players like Hunt, James Roberts, these guys could have, you know, one big week. And I think we have to keep an eye on the Broncos and the Cowboys for that matter as well um, to see how things pan out this week with a view to the finals match day games as well. Um, see which one of those, you know, Broncos props could be a point of difference in the one-off uh, match day games in the finals. Good point. Ladder-wise, it's pretty interesting as well. Obviously, if, uh, if the Broncos win, the Cowboys are at risk of missing out on the finals altogether. If the Cowboys win, um, Broncos, I don't think, can finish top two and that would have put the eels in the frame to go as high as third as well so it's interesting from that point of view as well yeah definitely Parramatta's just kind of come from nowhere and yeah. peaking at just the right time you'd be happy about mm. that I'm sure they've only lost once since round 14 and that was to Newcastle yeah. slightly oddly but 
Uh, but wait until we get to who they're playing this week, I'm sure. <laughs> you, you just wait. Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, the Eels are uh, the second game of the weekend up against South Sydney. So the team that scored the second most points of the round after the Storm against the team that conceded the most points when they played the Storm, which is the Rabbitohs, if that makes sense. I probably could have said that in a less confusing <laughs> manner. But I'm with you. Eels and South. Um, is it as one-sided as it looks on paper given uh, last weekend? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, the bounce back factor. <laughs> It'll be huge. No, look, it's, you know, obviously that was disappointing, losing Adam Reynolds um, early on. Uh, it was always going to be tough um, in Melbourne anyway, but that certainly didn't help their cause. And that big reshuffle, they sort of moved back into how they were named initially on Tuesday. They've named that sort of team that they named last Tuesday again for this week. Mm. So um, they've named the team that they named last week that was never going to be the team that took the field. So the surprise element's gone. It's just basically a big... <laughs> So, so we're expecting the same reshuffle with Cody Walker, fullback, Goodwin in the centres, yeah. Sutton in the halves. There's a few more. Of yeah, those. Jennings on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> so on. Um, aside from Musgrove being out suspended, it's basically the same 17. I think Dean Britt joins the bench, but otherwise, it's we can expect a pretty similar team to last week. Yeah. Uh, the Eels have Manu Mau back from suspension, which pushes Kenny Edwards to the bench where he's pretty good for impact, and uh, Frank Pritchard out of the 17. Um, Frankie was a, a, a little bit of a non-factor last week. I think it concussed fairly early on, but on, on paper probably a stronger Eels team than the one that put 50 on Brisbane last week. Yeah, and they've got um, you know both Scott and Kayser Pritchard still in the reserves. They're, they're fairly close to coming back yep. um, this week, which would be a huge boost um, ahead of the finals. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a much... Better or a slightly better looking Eels team, and uh, hopefully Bevan French isn't too far away, um, and they yeah. get back soon. From a Eels point of view, what do, what do we think fantasy wise? Obviously, Nathan Brown just continues to churn through. Yeah. I think without you know, given how much of the the Broncos Eels game was spent with the players just waiting for conversions to be taken, he still managed I think fifty six or so points, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, he's had a super season, um, named Eels Player of the yep. Season this week. Um, which was, you know, obviously a fair call. Um, yeah, so you can bank on him pretty much getting 55 every week. Um, you know, he's in that captaincy, you know, consideration, you know. Yep. Um, even though he's only had a couple of 70s, but, you know, super reliable. Um, on the other hand, Sam Burgess played big minutes last week and still scored, I think, mid-20s or something yep. dire. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it wasn't the game for a South or any South players to score well no. when they were getting... Caned by Melbourne, but um, yeah, for those who still have Sam Burgess, there must be a few of them. You know, mm. Could be a time if you've got a trade spare to look for an upgrade. What I'm excited by is the fact that he's probably going to be quite undervalued to start next season. So mm. while it's you know not great now, looking to the future, um, could start 2018 with a cut price Sam Burgess. We could be getting a bit uh, ahead of ourselves, but is he... Is he going to be a cut price keeper or is he on the wane? Is he no longer, you know, is it time for the next generation, the Nathan Browns and the Angus Crichtons, to be the uh, the fantasy guns and Sam Burgess's day yeah, might It's have an interesting him point by. because there are, like this year, we've had a lot of good back rowers. And by good, I mean 55, 60 point players. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if Burgess is cut price, he'll be very popular still anyway, but he, he might not, I don't know, who knows? Will he get back to that elite gun status? After this year, well, he still had good scores this year. I think that the, those couple of injuries have really, you know, yeah. dampened his scores. Um, so I, I think it'd be too early to say his days as a, an elite fantasy gun are over. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll wait and see. It was only last year that he churned out was it a hundred odd 
um, with 20 demerits. He got you know 45 in 45 minutes early this year before he got injured. He's had scores that are you know 45, but with 20 demerits on a regular basis. So I guess the the potential's still there. Um, any other points? Obviously, Crichton still managed to score, not great, but churned out a reasonable score in a, a big loss, which was... Yeah, he's still a superstar. And Cameron Murray did okay yeah. as well and, and looks like a you know, rock-solid fantasy player. He's going to be 500 grand to start next year, won't he? <laughs> 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 unfortunately, so anyone's looking for a cut-price keeper next year, he might, uh, might not be the way to go, unfortunately. Third game of the round is the Roosters up against the Titans. The Roosters were, so they're unchanged. They were very impressive in defence last week at Cronulla. I was at that game, but just with the ball, I don't know what they were doing. Some of their kicks were terrible. Some of their last play options were terrible. They hatcheted at least one try. Um, yeah, they're, they're a funny one because they're, they're in that top three or four teams going for the premiership, you would think. Yeah. And when they're at their best, they look fantastic. But, um, and on paper, they look great. So it's just really getting everything working at once. It was a weird game, that one. Um, sort of scrappy, which you don't kind of expect from two teams of that you know, calibre and the quality of players they have. It's interesting to note as well that the Roosters are still rolling with Madison and Orbison in the centres. And yep. they're doing that thing where they sometimes play on the wing to bring um, Latrell Mitchell and Ferguson, you know, in. Mm. Um, yeah, on both sides, they sort of end up with the back rower out on the wing and the, the winger in the centres. Yeah, which doesn't sort of, I guess, make for the most exciting, enterprising, um, attacking play, even though those those guys are capable of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Uh, they're still among the premiership, you know, uh, contenders, but I wouldn't say they're, you know. Yeah, well, they almost beat Melbourne in Melbourne very recently. Mm. Yeah, and this week, I mean, fantasy-wise, we'll, we'll get to the Titans in a second, but um, the Roosters are coming up against a, you know, understrength Titans team that wasn't that good to start with. Is this the week, if you're looking to trade out a uh, Dylan Edwards or someone, is this the week to gamble on a Latrell Mitchell or a Blake Ferguson or... Yeah, some... Michael Gordon even. Yeah. Mm, could, have, could have a few conversions I mean, to the come. The Roosters could win this one by 50. Yeah. I mean, the Titans have got some, you know, some teenagers, some debutantes, some some names that a lot of us don't, aren't even all that familiar with. They've got a lot of injuries. So we'll move on to the Titans teams. They've lost. Is it Nathan Peets, Ryan James, uh, someone Del else? Copley, yeah, Jared Wallace, um, Tyron Roberts, Roberts is yeah. getting shoulder surgery as well. So yeah, so it's not just the number of outs, but it's also these are their best players that are that are going to yeah. be sitting this one out. So um, you know, there's. It's not going to be a, a good afternoon, I would imagine, for the Titans, unfortunately. But, um, you know, a chance for these young guys to stake their claim for the uh, new coach coming in next year. Jared Hayne didn't have the massive game some people were expecting last week. Mm. And I'm guessing it might not happen this week either against a pretty good Roosters team. It'd be very tough to expect him to... Uh, I mean, if he wasn't great last week exactly. when he had every reason to be, I think this week we don't much to play for. Elsewhere, do we see any fantasy-relevant talking points for the Titans? The, the guys who were in lots of teams like Ryan James and Jared Wallace are obviously not playing. Hayne, like we said, uh, unlikely to get a, a good score. Um, if you're sitting on someone like a, I don't know, a Max King or a Morgan Boyle who were named to start. I was going to say, I've had Max King in draft uh, for a little bit. I actually put him on my bench last week, and I think he scored 50-odd. Um, made a you know got through a heap of work so he might again uh, you know make a, a ton of tackles yeah there's tackles to be made this week you would think um, so yeah I mean I don't know about buying these guys but if you've got them in your squad and you're not sure about reserves you know it could be a 
worth a gamble. All right, we'll uh, move on to the Seagulls and the Panthers. I think this is probably the game of the round in terms of uh, intrigue. Um, so much riding on it. Uh, Manly still need another win um, to ensure a, a finals berth. Uh, Penrith sort of dropped off a little bit against the Dragons last week after winning seven straight. Um, both teams in that sort of bottom half of the eight log jam, really uh, desperate to get a, a win to, to show up their spot for the, the last round of the season. Uh, Manly got home against the Warriors on the back of some Tom Travojevic and Daly Cherry Evans magic, which, uh, you know, I don't know if you feel for Warriors fans or you just sort of shake your head sadly. <laughs> it's in a tough old run. Uh, Team-wise, I think they are unchanged. Uh, Curtis Sirenin's back. Oh, no, Sirenin's back. back. Yes. My apologies. Otherwise, though, unchanged. Yes, yeah, so straight swap, uh, Sirenin in for Lane. Um, but, yes, Manly, you know, looking okay-ish. Um, you know, their form <laughs> hasn't been great, but that was a good win. Um, and we'll see what they can do at home against the Panthers, who have named a rather intriguing number one in Dean Farre. Take it away. Uh, well, obviously Farre's been named in the number one jersey. We might see Wateni uh, Zelezniak move back there, and maybe Farre on the wing where he played earlier in the season. Obviously, usually a centre. Um, you know, yeah. Wonga Blake could shift to a wing. That that back line could change. Also, Matt Moylan, part of the reserves as well. Yeah. I mean, surely from that, that back five, Wateni Zelezniak's the most likely to play fullback because he's familiar with it. It would Dean make Farre, sense. A, a good centre, but I don't know, fitness-wise and doing all that extra cardio. And do they rush Moylan back in for a pretty much must-win mm. game? We've seen with hamstrings how dangerous it is to, to rush players back in early. It is must-win. They want their captain back, and they are a little bit... Uh, short in terms of their back line, so there's lots of reasons to rush him back in, but you don't want to rush him back in and have him retweak the hammy either. No, no, it'd be a, a big risk, especially you know, if he's gone this week, then that, that's probably it for the rest of the season, you would imagine, as in if he re injures it this week. Um, interesting to note as well Cartwright and Merrin, two fantasy guns of the past, um, you know, coming off the bench for the Penrith still, so. If their roles change next season, uh, yep. probably Merrin would return to the starting side, you'd imagine, at some point, and Cartwright possibly as well. Um, those guys will be nice and cheap. Cartwright could be really cheap. Merrin, if he's not been placed in the never-again pile by all and sundry, <laughs> he could be available at a bit of a discount as well. Yeah, yeah. And I like this, I like this thinking of looking to next season already. Yeah. <laughs> for those people... That's <laughs> all a lot of us have. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for those who are still playing for this season, uh, Josh Mansour has scored tries in his last few games. Had yeah. a couple of back-to-back seventies before last week. I think he got fifty uh, on the weekend. Looks like a good straight swap for Dylan Edwards. Mm. Well, on Dylan Edwards, who are we looking at? Mansell's obviously one. Um, we'll get to Canberra later, but Rapana's uh, yeah. been tossed around. You mentioned Latrell Mitchell earlier. So there's a few potentially uh, attacking, high-scoring options available. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's because it's a one-off game. It's really a case of looking at each player's opponent this week, mm, yeah. um, which teams are most likely to score points, who are their outside backs. So, um, yeah, Mansell's in a tricky position because he's in really good form, but Manly aren't a bad team. Um, you know, they're a better attacking team than a defensive team, so there could still be some chances there. But um, but then again, Mansell can score well in fantasy without scoring tries. Yeah. He's a tackle-break machine, so he looks probably the most reliable guy right at that price, although Rapana, as you said... Mm. It's been fantastic. Just on Manly before we get past this game, it's not necessarily a fantasy talking point, but I wouldn't have thought at the start of the season we'd be talking about Manly. You've really, really missed Curtis Serenum, but it's it's turned out to be the case. He uh, he actually slotted in pretty well on that right edge and, and held their defence together 
quite well, I think they're going to benefit from his return. Yeah, big boost. Yeah, I think two tries as well in that game before he got injured. So uh, not just defensively, but uh, you know, running some nice lines as well and, and getting over for, for some tries. Sure. We'll move on to the Storm v the Raiders, a game that was potentially going to be a must-win for Canberra, but results did not favour them last week. So uh, a bit of a dead rubber in terms of the, the latter this one. Uh, Melbourne short price favourites after tailing up Souths last week. They have no changes, unsurprisingly, but a lot of their big guns scored well last week. They did. Uh, Cameron Smith had a good rest in the end. He, I think he had 20, 20, minutes, yeah. Yeah, 20 minutes on the bench, but he already scored 70, 71, 71 points by yeah. then. Um, so, you know, he's obviously, you can't write him off as a captain once again. You would think, see, this week I think they would just take this game seriously as a finals warm-up yeah. and just play everyone. And, I mean, Canberra are sort of a, a finals-caliber yeah. side. Even though they haven't made the cut, there's still yeah. you know, plenty of quality in that outfit still. So it's a good... I mean, these two sides, uh, a little over or a little under, sorry, 12 months ago, they played in a prelim at the, at the same venue. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a good chance for the Storm to flex their muscles before September. Mm. Well, the last thing Craig Bellamy wants to do is rest a bunch of players and have a, a stuttering, you know, disjointed performance heading into the finals. We've seen, you know, Cooper Cronk already had a rest a few weeks ago. Cam Smith's had some early showers. You know, Billy doesn't look like he needs a rest at all. He's been absolutely electric. And a lot of the other guys, you know, Munster's missed some time through injury um, at the start of the season. And then with his ankle recently uh same with their forwards have sort of been rotated around as well so not really any resting candidates we don't think i, I don't think so um yeah as you say i mean they're in they're in great form i just want to keep that going obviously they don't want any injuries but you know that could happen you know any mm. week so you can't really factor that in so i think they'll go all out um fantasy wise they were amazing last week as well i think they had four or five players score more than 70 points yeah, yeah um, insane well, three of the spine players, and then obviously Vunavalu got, yeah, got 115. 15 or something. <laughs> got maybe mid-60s as well. So, yeah, yeah just huge Outrageous. Game. All right, Canberra. They have uh, C.S. Soliola named for his first game since he uh, picked up a hefty suspension for knocking out Billy Slater five or six weeks ago. It's probably the, uh, the most notable inclusion from last week's team. Yeah, I think there'll be, um, you know, plenty of... This will be hyped up, but I think uh, given, you know, Soliola's character and general, you know, demeanour, uh, I don't think there'll be too much of, mm. uh, you know, nonsense going on out there. But, um, you know, it's it's good to see him back. Uh, last game of the season, obviously Canberra wanting to do something before yeah. they, they go into the off-season. I uh, can't see them winning, um, but, you know, they can sort of end on a, on a positive note if they can do anything down in Melbourne. We mentioned Rapana earlier. He got 70 last week against the Knights. Um, do we still think he's a he's an option if you know to trade in against the best team in the comp down in Melbourne? You'd be um, it's a brave trade. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He's one of those players again who can score against anybody, but yeah. he, he needs to score tries to get those really big scores. And you know, Melbourne is in unbelievable form at the moment. Mm. So, and it's just not just their defence, but their part of the reason they concede so few points is that sliding edge defence. They just sort of slide across and shut plays down. They're so hard to get around, um, which is where Canberra has a lot of success uh, against the, the more brittle team. So you'd have to think Rapana's going to be doing it tough to get the sort of scores that he's capable of against the um, the, the poorer defensive teams. Um, elsewhere, probably not a great deal of, of fantasy interest in Canberra at the moment. Elliot Whitehead uh, has gone back to second row from Locke. Locke could be his position going forward next year, I think, after spending some time at centre and 5.8 and a few other spots <laughs> yeah. in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's they've sort of really trailed off this year as a, a fantasy force. Obviously, last year Leilua was one of the best centers, if not the best center. Well, in last year Whitehead as well, and Croker yeah. did well. Um, yeah, this year it's mostly about their outside backs, but again, as we said, against a good team, they're going to be pretty erratic. We'll head on to uh, the Newcastle Knights via the Cronulla Sharks up at McDonald Jones Stadium. Old boys day up there. They'll be keen to go out on a high. The Knights had a nice little three-game winning run not all that long ago, although they're a little bit under strength this week with some uh, some good players missing in terms of team changes. They, uh, they've lost Daniel Saifidi, who joins the likes of uh, Brock Lamb and Sione Mataudia on the sidelines. Yeah, um, went down last week to Canberra. The Knights, they'll be, you know, hard-pressed to get much out of this game as well against the Sharks team, looking to um, you know, build up some form ahead of the finals. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I don't know if there's anything here. I mean, Gagai has been, I think, the best of the genuine centres mm. this year, mm. maybe. He's scoring about 45 points a game. Um, again, hard to predict he's going to get a massive score this week. He's back to centre after playing fullback a few weeks ago. Uh, anything else? Yeah, well, Lachlan Fitzgibbon had a, a great yeah. little run. Um, unfortunately, came crashing down back to earth with a 28 against Canberra, um, but still could could go big this week, uh, potentially, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Mm. Not really a huge fantasy talking point, but good to see the Rostog out there for the last game of the season as well after suffering a, a transverse process fracture a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did he play last week? Am I getting this wrong? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I didn't say he was back this week. I'm saying it's good to okay. see him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sharks, they were, I don't want to say disappointing because they, you know, they, they stayed in the game and, and everything last week, but probably should have done a bit better than they did, especially once Roosters went down to, uh, to 12 men. But they were, they were beaten by a penalty at the end at, at Shark Park against the Roosters. Um, basically the same team. I think Jack Bird returns is the, the notable change. Yeah, is Bird in? He's in the reserves, I think, this week. So it could be a late uh, inclusion. Yeah. Wade Graham's in doubt, um, but yeah, pretty similar. You'd think they'd. I mean, they'll be expecting to get a, a good win here, score a few points. Um, Fantasy-wise, again, it's it's down to their their big two of uh, Graham, Graham, Gallen and Fafita, yep. um, who. The last few weeks, I feel like they've done the same thing. Every like they either both score seventy or they both score mid forties. And mm-hmm. um, but you know, captaincy options maybe more so for feeder could get a few tackle busts, maybe a try. Well, he's he's hit back uh, with some decent form, seventy three and fifty three in the last two weeks after a pretty lean run. Um, so he could he could really go big in this one because uh, it's often when when he used to get those nineties and stuff, he'd sort of drift across field, break a few tackles, score yeah. a try. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it could be a a point of difference captaincy option this week. Yeah, a bit of a horror for both of them against the Broncos. They've been okay since then. Move along to the Dragons and the Bulldogs, a pretty important one for the Dragons, who uh, may potentially be looking at a, a dead rubber by the time this one starts, but hopefully they're, they're playing for a top eight spot to make it a, uh, a thriller to, for the, the penultimate game of the round. They have uh, they've named Josh Dugan, who was dropped last week for missing the team bus. Uh, he's the uh, the big change from last week's victorious team. Yeah, it was a really good win, um, considering that they left Dugan out last week, yep. and because they had to win, it turned out. Um, so yep. very gutsy move. Um, you know, I'm happy they got away with it after that. Um, so yeah, they'll be a bit improved. Um, the Bulldogs have been you know okay of late all of a sudden. So this is a much closer game than you would have thought, but. 
you know, I'm expecting a Dragons win. They need to win. You, you would expect. I mean, they're, they're playing at ANZ, so you, that sort of takes the, the crowd out of, out of it. Uh, you know, I expect yeah. plenty of Bulldogs fans will be there to uh, farewell Josh Reynolds, or it could be you know, whether he plays or not it remains to be seen. He's among the reserves. Um, but, yeah, you'd think the Dragons would, would get up uh, for this one. If they don't, then, well, mm. they, they probably deserve to miss the eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, a few weeks ago, you would have said Dragons easily, but like you said, Don, the, the Bulldogs have found a little bit of form lately. They put in their, their biggest score of the year um, on the weekend, so they're, they're starting to hit their straps a little bit. They have uh, they've lost Brett Morris, Yes, I think, so that's um, definitely a blow for them, in t- certainly in terms of point scoring. He and Jay Moss were, were really strike up a good combination against Manly. Yeah, they, they have. They have named Josh Reynolds in the, uh, in the reserves, so you know, they'll be giving him every chance of playing. Um, I'm guessing, I don't know, they'll try to get him on for some game time, won't they? If, yeah. if, he, can, if he can walk. Um, Just to get him out there, yeah. I yeah. mean, they're not really playing for anything in terms of exactly. you know, ladder position or whatever, so we're going to give him 20 minutes to, to farewell the, I guess, quote-unquote home fans. It's their, their home ground, even though it's a Dragons home game. Yeah, exactly. Um, Fantasy-wise, uh, I think, again, nothing really new. It should be... I mean, even though the Dragons are favourites, you would expect it to be a fairly close game. The yeah. Bulldogs' defence has been pretty good all year, even though they haven't been winning many games. Um, and that's good news for the usual uh, high-scoring Dragons fantasy players. You know, mm. DeBellin, uh, McInnes, Paul Vaughan, who had a really good week last week, I think. Yeah. I do enjoy it when Paul Vaughan scores a try. <laughs> He's got eight now this year, so fingers crossed he can finish up with a ninth or even a tenth. Why not? Give him a double <laughs> in the last game. Um, final game of the week, the Tigers and the Warriors. Not really much to talk about in terms of uh, ladder positions, both teams out of contention. Uh, a few fantasy-wise uh, relevant players. Tigers have lost McCurick and Cheekham to suspension, although James Tedesco, despite being a bit quiet last week, I think is close to a must-have in the, the final week of the comp. Yeah, I think so. I think this could be, you know, neither team has anything to play for, but it could be a lot of fun. It could be, yeah. Yeah. you know... 41 to 40 or something, Holden <laughs> Cup kind of <laughs> score. Um, two teams who aren't very good at defending but have a lot of you know, good flair players. Tedesco and RTS could have a you know, tackle break off. <laughs> fullbacks. Um, they could both score huge. You know, who knows? Anything yeah. could happen here. Yeah, well, Tedesco. Lower here against this. Yeah, against his former club. Yeah. He's been in great form fantasy wise as well. Yes. He keeps pumping out 50s. Yep. I think Tedesco was really quite quiet against the Cowboys, but still scored 42. Um, mm. Made a, a run towards the end that really just you know, blew out his score a little bit. But as you said, he could go nuts in this one. And I think really, if you are sort of desperate and need a, a, a different uh, captain, he could, be, uh, he could be the one. Mm. We've been saying for a while he's, you know, he'll have a really quiet game and still score in the, the 40s, and then he'll be really, really close to scoring a try on any number of occasions or you know lose try assists for for different reasons so i keep saying he's due for a big one this could finally be the, the <laughs> week that he gets it uh warriors team changes not a great deal to talk about sean johnson got through a, a, his return last week but didn't really score heavily they did look better for his inclusion though yeah he's uh he's in doubt for this one uh, i've got a story on the website from uh, Corey rosser over there in auckland um, Ada Hingano is on standby yeah, to come right. in for SJ if he doesn't pull up uh, for this one. So uh, it's shaping Sunday or Sunday night at Leichhardt Oval. It's shaping as a, a big night for the Tigers. Mm, could be. Uh, well, it is Kieran Foran's last game for the Warriors as well, so he'll be keen to go out on mm. a high. 
that takes us through all the team changes. So we'll get on to some of the not fan questions this week. We didn't ask for questions. We asked for your horror stories. What is your number one regret of the season? So before we get stuck into uh, the fans' mistakes, why don't we all share something that we've done particularly poorly <laughs> this season? I think one that we all got wrong was not only picking Brad Abbey in our teams ahead of Kalen Ponga at the start of the <laughs> yes. year, but telling people on a podcast to probably pick Brad Abbey over mm. Kalen Ponga. There was, I mean, we had logic to it. I, I'll defend our logic. There was a goal-kicking fullback in theory. He didn't actually kick goals in the end, I don't think. And Ponga, his job mm. security was shaky. Mm. His job security was terrible, yeah. let's be honest. He, Lachlan Coote was out with a one-week injury and Callum Pong was only going to play if he was playing at fullback. It was already very clear that he wasn't going to be used on the wing. Um, and it just so happened that Lachlan Coote, I think, got came injured. back and got injured again and then was out for an extended stint and Ponga got a, a long run and made a couple of hundred grand. But really, unless you expected Ponga to... or Unless you expected Coote to re-injure himself, there was no reason to buy Callum. It was a big punt otherwise. Yeah, but the thing we didn't factor in was Ponga is a really good fantasy scorer and Brad Abbey... Wasn't. Turns out. (laughs) (laughs) Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, Yeah, a few things for me. I I didn't buy Corey Harawira Naira, so I missed out on that massive cash. Mm. Yeah, CK is just. I recall you could have bought Matt Frawley or Corey Harawira Naira and you went for Frawley. Look, we all have (laughs) in life. Um, I also bought uh, Sean Johnson in the week he got injured, but the biggest one for me, uh, I bought in Budding Thompson in round four. He was 409,000 then, traded him out in round 14. Um, he'd just come off a score of 33. He was averaging 37 for the season. The next week, he scored 61, and he went on to average 58 for the remainder of the year until he got injured again. Mm. So that's that's my biggest regret, and <laughs> plenty of people kept reminding me, <laughs> which was always great. I may have been one of those people on a <laughs> weekly basis until he got injured. Uh, glass houses and throwing stones, hey? I had a few mistakes of my own. Um, like many, I bought Brad Abbey over Callum Pongo. He's still furniture in my, my back line to this day. Uh, I think my number one regret, though, and I'm also not Robinson Crusoe on this one, is the Dylan Walker to Joey Leilua trade. Uh, Leilua had shed some cash at the start of the year. He bounced back with two straight 60s. We're all like, he's back, he's back in form, he's cheap, you know, he's a cut price keeper, let's get Leilua in. So I sold Dylan Walker and I bought Joey Leilua and I didn't have to spend a lot of money to do it. And in the next two weeks, Leilua scored 14 and then four. Dylan Walker scored uh, 56 and then 84. <laughs> so it only cost me 120 points in the ensuing fortnight. That's amazing. So that stung just uh, a little bit. Yeah. Just a little Is bit. Is Leilua in your uh, never again pile? Let's okay. see how much he's <laughs> next year. We'll go from there. Um, so on to that, the, the, the reader regrets. Uh, Michael at NRL Made in China, uh, he traded in Leilua after two explosive games early in the season thinking he was back, you know how it ended. Uh, Michael, I do, I do know how it ended, I know how you feel. D Sorich at Hotmail.com, traded out Crichton when he heard he had a foot issue instead of Sam Burgess. Oh no. When he heard he had a foot issue, yeah. So he did actually have a fractured foot to be yeah. fair. Yeah, there were rumours about that, but I mean rumours that he would miss game time. Yeah. But it's one of those things you don't necessarily need to rush into trading someone out until they actually... Until such time you actually need to. We didn't really factor in that Crichton is superhuman and plays through whatever injury. He and Cam Smith have a lot in common. Uh, Luke Ellis had Crichton early on when Madge wouldn't give him a run, traded him for Cole Turner. (laughs) That one hurts. Now, if we cast our minds back, Crichton actually 
I think was named in the squad in round one and then didn't even make the 17 and then his next few weeks were off the bench yep. mm. uh, scoring 30s. So it's, it's almost an amazing buy to get him early in the season yeah. before yeah. he had done anything. But uh, yeah. Imagine starting with him and not selling him. You'd be, yeah, he'd like be the genius. greatest <laughs> in the world. But yeah, that, that stinks. That does sting. Uh, Lachlan Hancock brought in Abby and Robert Stavis over Ponga. Trading Crichton and Munster was idiotic also. Yeah, the uh, Abby and Robert Stavis one's probably not. Robert Stavis, I think, was one of those ones like Corey, Corey Harrower and Irie. He didn't make it into the system in time, so he was still base price for his second game with a low break even. Yeah, so he would have made a little bit of money early on. But I think we warned some caution over that one. I might be making this up. But, Maybe. yeah. It's, it's all, it's, I mean, it's all guesswork for a lot of these rookie the rookies, yeah. outside backs. But, um, yeah. Brandon Scott Lee at Chance Vance 94. Uh, Abby over Ponga also buying Lewis Brown for around 17, 18. I know a few people who uh, stumbled into that one. Not punting Sam Burgess earlier. Buying James Graham. Captaining to power in round 17. I can't remember round 17 specifically, but that might have been... Yeah, that's the week. I think I bought him that week as well. Uh, a lot of players were out. Obviously, it was a, one of the buy rounds. Before oh, the buy around rounds? 18 anyway. was the buy yeah. round, yeah. so it was the week before. Because to power had this great run of form in the middle of the season, and we couldn't work out whether he was going to keep that up or if it was a one-off. And then we all bought him, and then he didn't keep it up. He did, <laughs> he did not. He, nope. He did not. Uh, Chance Vance points out that he's still ranked 31 overall, so it hasn't hurt him too badly. <laughs> yeah. AJ Hatch trading in Clint, sorry, trading Clint Gutherson out for Matt Moylan, followed by trading Gutho back in and then cursing him with an injury. <laughs> it's one of the in-out, in-out trades, which are always frustrating. There's, yeah, there's been a few of those. I think I've traded Jared Hayne in and out a total of four times, this, or collectively. Yeah, I've burned a few yeah. trades from Jared Hayne. <laughs> Getting him back is the one that I regret because he obviously didn't really do a lot from that point on. Mm. And he, like Brad Abbey, he's still furniture in my back line, not just collecting dust. Just, just sitting there as a reminder. Just sitting the there. Phase. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daniel Richardson could have traded in Cleary or Adam Reynolds in round eight. Went with Reynolds, who had multiple dug games and lost me two key head-to-heads before I could upgrade him. That's Cleary unfortunate. obviously put in some good scores between them and the end yeah. of the year. Cleary had a big uh, jump in form when the Panthers yeah. started to get their act together in the second half of the season. Mm. So... Um, I could see why he would make that call, but yeah, unfortunate uh, move. Clearly would have been a great buy in round eight after he shed some mm. cash and had a slow start to the Super year. Super cheap. Yeah. Um, Maria Cialis, thanks for writing in, Maria. <laughs> Joey Leilua, Finn. Yep. Good tweet, Maria. <laughs> is she a friend of the show, <laughs> Maria Cialis? She is a friend of the show. Yep. Uh, Jared Hackett, I traded in Tom Turbo and Jordan Rapana for Roger Tuolasa-Shek and Nick Kotrick in round 17, thinking they were upgrades. $400,000 down the tube in sideways trades. Yeah, yeah, probably should have just kept Roger and Kotrick. Ouch. John Campbell, mine will be trading Mitch Moses out in round three for Gutherson, then Gutherson to Norman in round eight, lost me $100,000 and 100 points, all improved after sold and Norman injury. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, annoying. Norman was great early on. And then yeah, well, I started with him and I felt yeah. like a genius after two weeks and then it sort of went south from there. I ended up selling him for not much more than I started, than he started off at. Oh well. Oh. Kiritu Nation, last week I benched Semi and played Hayne and Edwards. <laughs> Oh what did my word. Semi score? Do you remember his actual score? It's about 100. Yeah. 60 or 80. Or... It's around there anyway. But I mean, I guess many. with all of these things, at the time, the thinking is fine. Like, you're like, well, Semi's probably not going to score four tries against Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the bench. Brisbane. How, like, if you'd said to us last week, should I play Semi or Dylan Edwards, we all would have said Dylan Edwards. For guaranteed. sure. So it's not, you know, it looks bad in hindsight, but you don't know 
Dylan Edwards is going to do an E and Simi's going Indeed. to score. I don't tries. think it makes it hurt any less when you see 100 points in your reserve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it that's does. Right. Did play Hayne as well. Ouch. Yeah. Um, professional amateur at doorstopper wedge had James Graham since the start kept him till round 18, also trading in Leilua. Too many cash cows and betting trades as a result. I think we've all been there. Yep. I've got nothing else to say. No. <laughs> this is just, it's making me feel a little bit better, actually, because knowing that other people have also made these mistakes, mm. you know, I don't feel as bad. Well, that was sort of the point of the exercise, is everyone who can, you know, share our, our horror stories, and it, you always feel like you're the only one who's done all this dumb stuff, and you get to the end of the year, and everyone's got these same horror stories. Um, we do actually have one question as well, unprompted, but... Uh, John Campbell asks, I'm guessing the Edwards to Rapana will be a common trade this week. That's what I'm doing with my last trade. I guess as we discussed earlier, Rapana might do it a little bit tough against the Storm. Yeah. Um, I'd be, I mean, as we just discussed, it's impossible to know what's going to happen on any... Yep. We thought, you know, Rad Radder would have done that tough against Brisbane and he didn't. So True. who knows? Um, but yeah, I'd probably, because you've got a one-off week, try to pick someone playing against a weaker team than... Melbourne, which is any other team. Potentially, you know, go for a Latrell or a Mansour or someone. Yeah. Yeah, this is the week where you can throw caution to the wind and pick up something, uh, sorry, someone you normally wouldn't. So, yeah, go go nuts. Absolutely. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for joining us again, boys. If you want to track any of us down on Twitter, I'm at CKennedy80. Uh, Dom is at Dom underscore Brock and Adrian is at Adrian McMurray. Uh, we will be back, I believe, next week for not necessarily fantasy focus, but some finals chit-chat on the podcast, so keep an eye out for that one. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you then. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.